0: Um, okay, so we're continuing on, Baruch Hashem, we're back together um, with uh, tefillah, continuing on in tefillah, going through Sha'arim b'tfillah, of Shav peak is a safer and there's, as we've we learned, not only in the Akdama what Kavana is, what true, what true intent is, and, and coming and talking to Akadish Baruch Hu and s- establishing the proper setting for tefillah, but also that there's various... Names given to davening, and the way to best utilize our time davening is to become aware of when and how to use the proper style of tefillah. Okay, for example, one of the examples that Rishav Pikas gave us, just to get our minds back in the, the idea over here, is that the second blessing of Shemona Esrei is a blessing of praise. The first three blessings are all praise. So, in the second blessing, we mention that God heals the sick. Okay, Atah Gibar the Olam Hashem, right? God, you are Almighty. Machai Meisim Ata Rav Lo Shia, Mechal Kol You sustain Mechayim Meisim. So Mechnoflem Rophe Cholim. This is a blessing of praise. We're praising Hashem for the incredible ability to heal. It would be the wrong time to focus on requesting a healing for somebody. Mm-hmm. When you want to request, you have to wait for the request. So if I'm davening for somebody, and I'm in the middle of this blessing, I'm saying, Oh Hashem, incredible, you know, do me a favor. Is that... The, the tefillah is lacking. Rather, the avoda in the second bracha is, Hashem, since you're the almighty, powerful one, who can take care of every... who does take care moment to moment, everybody's health... Only you are the one that can help Yankel, Beryl, Chaimel, Chayel, whatever, whatever name you want to do. So you have to know the approach and the style of tefillah that's appropriate in order to properly utilize it. So that led us into what the names of tefillahs are and the the, uh, the the proper utilization of it. Last uh, last time we were together, we went through Bitzor explaining. The, the avoda of davening from a place of narrowness, understanding our limitations that only HaKadosh Baruch Hu, only Hashem can broaden and, and bring the Yeshua. And uh, this evening I'd like to focus on the type of tefillah called tz'aka. Okay, It's called Tsaka. Tsaka means, we're going to translate it just easily, to cry out. Tsaka means to cry out. So is a, different, name, um, it's a different, different It's a different style of tefillah. Yeah, is one. Exactly. Okay. Bitzor one, and tz'aka is a style of tefillah that the Torah tells us about. And we're introduced to this style of tefillah when it says, V'yei When the Jews were in Egypt, they groaned underneath the load vayizaku, and that, that heaviness... The difficulty caused us to just cry out, and Hashem heard their prayers. It says, Hashem heard. So you see that there's a tefillah that Hashem listens to. A style, everything is sourced in Torah. <clears throat> what is it? It's called tsaka. There's a type of tefillah called crying out. Now, what is the nitty gritty of tsaka whats What is what we'll call the psychology? How does it? Uh, how does it work? How does it? How does it all fit in? So here we go. Oh, all right, Mom is just waiting for you. There you go. Now we're starting. So here we go. So habakosho. Listen to this, this is incredible. So Akka is a type of it's a type of emotion. When the heart is burning so much for, to request something. I so much want to request something, to a point where I can't ask. I can't ask. I I, I can't get the words out. You want something so desperately that words are going to limit what you want. Words, language, is a limiting thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's a way to articulate and a way to express. It's very limiting. Tza'aka is a is a, a way to cry out when my heart is burning so much to express a request that I, I simply, I can't get any words out. So what happens? I just go, ah, ah. It's like, a, it's, it's fr- it's like you, you just want to request this. When you go like this, when you're like, ah, that's a prayer. That's tefillah. This is this is an incredible concept, an incredible concept. I'm davening when I can't say a word. Again, we view tefillah both from a sitter, and then we've learned tefillah primarily is not from a sitter. It's how you talk to Hashem and interact. Well, if tefillah, as we've been learning, is a connection, why am I expressing myself in this way if not to naturally? Connect that's Tz'aka. Mavur bechazal Bazaar Akadish, the Zayar tells us, you should know this is the essence of prayer. The essence of prayer is when I, I can't even get the words out, I just like I just bah saqah. This is the most beloved style of prayer. La Ayullah is that you want your prayer answered, this is the one to go with. i will explain why. I'll explain why, but it's like you're talking from your belly. Like you just you just you're talking from your belly. And he explains, he says, <laughs> and this is that's right. And this is this is the, the lush of the Zayar. <laughs> All these expressions. That we're using, that David is using as he's calling out to our Venu Baruch Hu, and is when I can't say anything. Amar of Yehuda, Yehuda, says, "Listen to this. Because you're not saying anything, Hilchach therefore Mikulam. is greater than anything because you're not limited. Since I'm not using words, my expression is not limited. It's a beyond type of expression." Their hearts cried out to Hashem. Not their mouths cried out. Their hearts cried out to Hashem. This is closer to Hashem. More than words. More than groaning. More than request. Hashem says, if you just cry. If you just cry out to me. I will surely answer. Uh, I will surely answer your tzaka. So there's a, a, a type, it's a fascinating a concept. There's a type of prayer where it's my essence and nothing else. When my essence goes into something, we don't see, we don't even view this because if you notice, I'm not requesting anything. I'm not requesting. I'm not praising. I'm not thinking. Basically, what I'm doing is you picture a one and a half year old child that just learned how to waddle around, and if if they need something, they just go like this. That's it. They're just like picking that. Like, they just do this. It's like I can't. I don't know how to talk. I can't do anything. Just like pick me up, do something. That's Akka. Okay. Yeah. So, in other words, surrendering to Hashem completely. Completely, right? It's like it's like a surrender where it's like ah. <laughs> Now, uh, just to reiterate, I'm not I'm not doing anything else other than expression. It's a fascinating idea. You you wouldn't call this prayer. We wouldn't usually call this prayer, but this is this is tefillah. The he is buyer We're going to get to something uh, a, a type of a style of of davening which he puts in the previous paragraph. We'll get there next time. Called Shaiva, which is more of a what Rabshaf Shambhikas translates as a, as a hysteria. It's a request, but it's a well, Shaiva is a different style than we're discussing here. What Shaiva is, as we'll learn in Hashem in the coming weeks, it's a need for salvation to a point where you can't wait for people to help you. Like something's happening right now, and there's somebody there who could save you. You say, Get over here! Stop him, something. Like you're just like you're not even you are not you're not waiting to express your thoughts. You're like, hello, like but there's there's actually an expression there. There's there's words that are being used. That's something called that's something called shaiva. That's a different uh, that's a little bit of a, a different uh, style of tefillah And in shaiva, goes, you're not you don't need to scream so loud. You're not like says you're not you're not giving out any specific sounds you're standing in davening, you understand, you need help, that's what Shaiva, Shaiva is, I understand, I need help, and I need help, um, I need help now, that's what Shaiva is going to be, whether it's because I'm in danger, some sort of natural danger, or whether, you know, we're, or whether any sort of salvation that's needed, or chesed of Hashem that's needed, The iker, ha-sainai ha it's basically, you're able to express yourself. You're just not able to express exactly what's needed. However, you should know. What we're describing here is more than Shaiva. Says, let me give you an example. How do you spell Tzadik. Ayin kufhei. Okay, v'doyma hadavar. This is similar. Leechad shahilech b'derech. A person going on the road. Upitom and suddenly omed lenegdo listim imcharavchada. All of a sudden, bandits jump out with machetes. V'hinei lo rochmanu amid adam shabiadi latziel. Somebody you have a possible way out. Haray b'if and tivi yitzak sakad gadayla. You're going to say, "Bol maher, get over here fast to save me." But that, that's Shaiva. But then you see the guy's not coming. The person's not coming to save you. What happens? You 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 scream out with without words. It's just pruta. It's a basic You're just like. You should know if a person could bring themselves to this emotion to this place when we need something or when I want to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu If I use Shaiva and Sa'aka meaning I'll use words and then I bring myself to the point where words are no longer going to work Words don't work for me anymore It's just like it can't be limited he says you should He take the time after learning this to ponder. And you'll notice that life really is one long chain of situations like this. It says it doesn't need a bill, it doesn't need to be. There's bandits with machetes. You'll come to notice that. We are so dependent on HaKadosh Baruch Hu for everything. We're so dependent. Our life becomes a chain of things like And you use, he says, many, we all doubt this way anyway. For many of us, we, we, we've all done this in our lives. We just never called it tefillah. We never called it davening. I'm crying from my insides. I'm screaming out of my insides. There's nothing as true as this emotion. It's emotion. Hashem wants us to have this emotion because like what Linda brought up is that when I have this emotion, I'm completely surrendering myself and being dependent on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. By surrendering... What that just did is I became one with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and now that I'm there, this has become, uh, this has become my, my tefillah. Yeah. I was going to say something <coughs> where, um, it's like there are different levels of tefillah, where you ask for something, you plead for something, and then it comes to a point where you can't ask anymore. And you just know that there's no other way out but to depend on the And, and when you get to that point where you can no longer, what we think in our minds is, I can't even daven. That's what we say. We say, I can't even daven for this anymore. I'm so like done. Mm-hmm. That is tefillah, says Rosham Shempikis. Understand? It's very often it's the times where we're done with our words that the main tefillah is really starting. And you know, we we quoted recently in Shul on um uh, by the uh Anila Sahag. Just just an idea why you find a lot of Jewish songs. And we've brought this up here too. We've brought it up in, in our tefillah classes. How the a lot of Jewish songs don't have words. It's called a niggin. Mm-hmm. It's called the niggin. Okay, and people you know, you could have some good jokes made out. You know, bum, bum 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 bum, na 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 na, whatever. Like it's all the same. Where these words are easy, you know, whatever it is. But there's a reason. Specifically, you should know a lot of these songs come from comes from Hasidim, or songs that Hasidim took from their nationalities, whatever it is. What's the whole concept of a nigun? What's the whole concept of a song without words? The concept of a song without words is this song does not have limitations. You could you could just connect to the tune. Which music touches the neshama in such an incredible way. But you could connect to something that if there's words put to it. The words could be beautiful and sometimes words are necessary. But that song becomes about the words. It's a lot less about my feelings. A lot less about what I'm expressing. If there's no words to a song. That song could bring out so many expressions. That are beyond words that. Our tefillah, when Hasidim or when we in shul, whatever it is, when we at home, when we by ourselves, are singing these songs without words, it over it it, it offers an opportunity for the neshama to expand and and daven and tefillah, and that's what it is. I'm just I'm just feeling this niggin, right? I'm feeling this niggin. That's a tefillah. yeah. But when something happens, Vihinei. etzem adaver the. Main idea over here. If you want to daven with tzaka, you cannot use words. who Now, doesn't mean you're not allowed to put any words in at all. that not what it means. He says, I'll prove it to you. The Gemara Maseches Tainas, Taf page 17. By Shmuel Hanavi. It says, tzaka, he cried out and he went to Elio with Tfila in prayer. And he said, "Anini Hashem aneini. Hashem, answer me, answer me. Right? Anini Hashem Anini." Which the Gemara says is Sa'aka. That's called crying out. What does that mean? The explanation is, I'm expressing my conversation. Tzfila is when I'm specific. I'm specific in what I need. I can articulate what I'm thinking, Hashem <laughs> just answer me, just answer me. That's sa'aka. I'm using words. Granted, I'm using words, but the words are still broad enough that I'm I'm not able to fully articulate what's what what I need. You could be like. Uh, uh. Doesn't make a difference what's going. I should say a Canadian. Maybe you are saying Hashem just answer me. Whatever you, you can articulate it with words, but it, it can't be that you are being specific in what you actually want. Now, if you are being specific again, it's a beautiful tefillah. It's just a different type of tefillah. It's a different type of tefillah. That means you are at a stage of davening where you are still articulate, where you are still requesting. You are still. Praising, you're still thankful, whatever it is, that's fine. But again, he's just expressing what this specific style of tefillah is. Don't think that when you can't express yourself, you're not davening. When you can't express yourself, that is a very deep davening. <speaking in Hebrew> he says, and he says this, is, this is such a beautiful idea. He says, this is why God put into my nature this reaction. This is why Hashem made us this way. That I can't, open, I can't even open my mouth at times. Sometimes we're totally broken. And at other times, I feel so far from Hashem. God's too holy. I can't come close. I'm... Uh, I'm uh, it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make a difference if it's like I'm overwhelmed by what's happening or whether I feel so down about myself that like I can't even like talk to Hashem. I'm just so down about it. Either way, you're, you, you've come to a place of tefillah where you're not expressing yourself. He says, like, let me explain something to you. He says, give your ears to the following. He says, I'm going to tell you something. The moment you can't talk because you're so frustrated or broken and you walk away which is what we'll do like i'm done i'm closing my sitter i'm done ready for this he says you know what you just did you're like a person who's spends their life digging for treasure and the moment their shovel hits something hard in the ground they're like "God, oh, this is too hard i'm out of here what does he do? I'll go look somewhere else. He says, You shaita, you, you fool. You just hit the treasure. That's why your shovel's hitting something hard. Soil is soft. Finally, you're hitting something hard. Like, yeah, I don't know. Let me go check somewhere else. What are you looking for? What are you looking for? That's the sign. The sign that you can't express yourself anymore is a proof that you've just hit the crux of what a connection is. When you ever have this feeling, don't you don't leave there until you bring that treasure home. That is exactly when you take advantage of that feeling, where you can't express yourself, and you and you just utilize that tefillah. And you connect to Hashem through that fila. We'll just wrap up this idea. If you get to the point where you're so broken, you're like a mute, like, I can't open my mouth. The treasure's right there. He says, You know what you're going to utilize right there? You're, gonna, you're just going to call out to Hashem. You say, That's what you're going to do. God just, uh, just answer. I can't even. I can't even talk. I can't talk. That expression of giving up, or the better word is surrendering ourselves over. B- beautiful way to put it. When I when I give up on my words, because that that's where that's where I, when I channel it, Hakadosh Baruch Hu is, is the is the my, my tefillahs to Hakadosh Baruch Hu are the most effective. And don't worry about your words. Don't worry about saying Haneni Hashem Haneni. You just use that as a way to. To uh, uh, ask Hakadosh Baruch Hu or have the feelings of connection to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. and when we get there and we and we get, we make ourselves echad one with Rabbi Shalom, that is the that is uh, one of the greatest styles of tefillah that uh, that a person uh, that a person can use. Okay, we're gonna hold it here for this specifically, and we'll move in, uh, into the sitter just for a few minutes here, and um, and go back into the morning tefillah. So you have. This concept of kotnus that Mordecai is bringing up, um, calling it a you know uh, calling it a fetus, and a fetus is mamish feeling, this pressure, but what the fetus inside the mother doesn't realize is that this pressure, if utilized properly, is going to open up new levels. To what Rabbi morgensen explains that actually cottonus this is a concept we've brought up in the women's lunch and learn. is a feeling that we get. We think it's because we're falling and things are bad. Things are, he says, we, we become katanim again. This is a beautiful concept. Every time you've passed a level, envision uh, um, an arcade game. Yeah. Yeah. I don't we're know, I've, it's been too long for. Just leveling right? up, right? Yeah, so you, you finish a level and you need to go to the next level. Well, every time you go to a new level, you start fresh. You're starting anew. You need to burst out of your cocoon. You have, to, you have to break out. And what happens is we become ketanim again. Every time we become small again, we become like, okay, so I've succeeded here and now I'm going to become a baby again and be born to the next madriga, to the next level of holiness. So we, in our own minds, think that we've actually slipped or there's something happening and there's, uh, and there's something wrong with my frumkait or, or the way that I'm serving Hashem. And the truth is I've just succeeded at a level and now I'm now I'm I'm uh, small for the next level but the the feeling of smallness is what's so um it, it, yeah you you feel down you feel down and the truth is it's just waiting to be opened up to bring out a new life within the next level of kadusha within the, with with the next level of of uh holiness that's there so very often the katnos that that was the idea that we were that we were discussing on Pesach, the Katnos is feeling low, but actually is just the reality of a rebirth. It's a rebirth to, to another point. Yeah. Doesn't that tie into Polish? Every month, every month, right? You're, it's it's except uh, over here it it hurts, right? But the moon hurts. The moon hurts. There's no light. There's there's no light on Rosh Chodesh. It's a renewal. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's, you know, it's conversation. It's a whole, um, whole thing in and of itself. But I'm, 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 uh, I don't want to get too much into it. One of the things that I've been focusing on a little bit recently is sleep. Not getting sleep. I don't get enough sleep. But (laughs) the concept of sleep, I find it fascinating. Fascinating. That we're expected to spend a third of our life unconscious. We're not here that long. We're not in this world long at all. And a third of that time you're like unconscious. You're supposed to be sleeping. Eight out of 24 hours a day for your health. He you said, like, what's the deal? He okay, I'm starting to get a little hadrach in it from my rabbeim and sfarim that I'm going through. I find that it's, I don't have a, a total approach yet. But... I'll tell you one thing that's for sure. Imagine if there wasn't sleep. And we just kept going. We were Energizer bunnies. And we just kept going. You know how detrimental that would be? That's like having a week without Shabbos. It's like having a week without Shabbos. You just keep going and going and going. You don't have a time to start fresh. To to renew. To to be able to have a new day. The, The... the chesed that Hashem, every few hours, it's incredible, it's such a chesed, every few hours, we have a brand new day with fresh energy to just start, and it doesn't make a difference what happened yesterday, the bunch of them says, uh, Hashem renews His chesed every morning, it's such a, now Hashem doesn't sleep, so what does it mean He's renewing His chesed? We're sleeping, and the mind happens to be a lot more active while we're sleeping, and uh, than when we're up, and we need that activity, but that's a tyranny that's a in and of itself. Yeah? The fascinating things happen to the body, really important things when we sleep. I mean, uh, getting us ready grow, for renewal? Children, children grow. Right. And then, I mean, the function of your organs and what, what enzymes are produced and when when we're in a sleeping pain. Mm-hmm. is absolutely fascinating. Yeah, and a lack of sleep is terrible. A, a lack of sleep is, is uh, terrible for us. So absolutely. Absolutely. It's just a... You know, Hashem's chesed and, and all the all the renewal and things like that. Yeah. You know what I think is amazing too is that not only do like humans have to sleep, but even like plants sleep. That's right. And animals it's sleep. And close up every night. Every night. When there's life, it's life. It's incredible you see them open again. It's like everything needs that renewal, that's yeah. that rest, and then like, yeah, renewal. yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's really beautiful. Good. All right, let's get back into the sitter a little bit. Uh, just uh, we'll do. It's late, so we'll do. Uh, Maybe one or two brachas over here. So we're going through the fifteen morning blessings, and we did the first seven. So we're up to uh, we're up to number eight. Zaykev Kefufim, <laughs> um, Hashem, you are the source of all blessing. Okay, all the the kindness over here is the King of the Universe, who straightens out uh, straightens out the bent. Now, um, previously we discussed where. Hashem frees those who are bound. Hashem frees those who are bound. And we explained how freeing those who are bound has both to do physically. We have joints and our muscles can lock up on us. There's a, a real bracha, the, the blessing of physically being able to be mobile. And in addition to that, very often we get bound by ourselves and our mental spaces and our place spiritually. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu releases us from any time that a person's bound through tefillah and through our, through work, which tefillah is a big part of, if, is a big part of the work, we're released. We're released from that. This bracha continues that concept and says, "Well, Hashem releases the bound. Hashem also straightens out the bent." Now, what does it mean? Hashem straightens the bent. What is what does bent mean? So. um, we told over in Shul a couple of years ago an, an incident during in one of the drushes, an incident from the Satmar Rebbe. His one of the NYPD officers that used to protect the Satmar Rebbe. Um, he wasn't hired privately with NYPD, you know, and Satmar kind of hook up, and uh, they they make sure that he's got proper uh, protection, and if he needs to travel somewhere, he's got a motorcade, and you know they they know how to do it. Um, there's one specific officer who at summer events he, he was there and he was uh, primarily there for security and making sure that you know, that the safety and gun violence and things like that, you know, keep keeping an eye out. So they, they asked him how what what's the first thing he looks for to to see. I mean everybody's wearing white and black, so wouldn't anybody just put on a strimal or, you know, a hat and frock and... and he says the first thing that he looks for is somebody with good posture. Ooh. He said if they have good posture, it's one of two things. Either they're an imposter or they're not taking their studies seriously. That's exactly. <laughs> That's what he said. It's like all, all these Shiva guys, all the chassidim are all bent over. All, you know, <laughs> and all, it's like ah, you gotta, you know, you sit over a gemara the whole day. You, so if you don't do it properly, you could lose out having on uh, good posture. My wife's always like straighten your, come on, straighten your shoulders. It's like, get going. So that's how it, It's the first thing he looks for. So I good posture. Like something off over here. Like what, you know, what's going on. Um, now what what does it mean in this sense so in this sense, straighten the bent obviously we 're going to keep in mind the physical straightening uh, straightening of the bent there's also people get bent over when you 're carrying something when you 're slapping something when something's on me when i'm when i 'm carrying the weight of things, I get bent over, and uh, there's like a heaviness of uh, there's a heaviness of the responsibility and when we say this bracha in the morning, this is, this, is, this is a beautiful idea, we should really try to think about this when we say this bracha of Zaykiev Kafufim, What we're saying is, I shoulder the burden of the world with the rest of Kla Yisrael. It's not my job. I'm part of a greater whole. I don't need, Hashem, part of the beauty of being a Yid is that I'm part of a greater whole. I don't need to feel like everything's on me. Very often, that's what puts—that's what gets us down, and that's what gets us upset. Like, I have so much going on, and I, I all my responsibilities, and all, you know, all these things, and you know, th- and the zaykev kafuf from Hashem by making us Yidin. and making us part of Klav Yisrael give, uh, allows us to to realize that there's no specific person who's shouldering this. We don't need to feel overburdened. We should feel straight and proud that we're part of something. That is uh, that is much greater. The Hakadosh Baruch who's in, in control of the world. I know that there's responsibilities that I need to follow through on, but there's a God, there's a Klal Yisrael, and there's me as well, and that's it. I'm I'm just part of it. It it it's, it, it lightens the load. It straightens the bent, la so to speak. You know, and I don't know if this is where my mother's a kind got it from, but when people would ask her um, about her about her large family. That she had the merit to have, she would say, Listen, the Gemara says there's three partners to a person. There's Hashem, there's a mother, and there's a father. I just know that I'm the youngest and dumbest, so I just don't take responsibility. And that's it. And that's what she would say. That was it. What was the idea? She was saying that's how she was to get overwhelmed. Now, did she ever get overwhelmed? Of course she got overwhelmed. She'd tell us, she she made a point to tell us that she that there's times when she would get overwhelmed. She would tell my sisters, by the way, and this is this is a, a fascinating concept. My sisters are all like Besyakov teachers and whatever. She would tell my sisters, please do call Yisrael a favor and make it a point to show up to class like not put together. Because the worst thing you could do for your students is that they think that it's normal to have four kids, five kids, and you're showing up at 8.30 in the morning with your makeup on and everything's uh, Hunky dory and everything's perfect, and you know it's not true. Your house is a wreck, and you put yourself together you know, just like that. Like Laavdil. Now we have Instagram, right? Everything looks just like the, the the more put together you are on Instagram, probably the more falling apart you are uh, <laughs> uh, off of Instagram. And and it's the opposite, right? That Rev Zicharia Wallerstein, Zichron uh, LeRacha, would say that there's nothing as put together. As a falling apart sitter, the more falling apart somebody's sitter is, the, the more put together they probably are in life. Like you know, your pages are your pages are used. That means you're connecting to the right place, and and uh, you know where to turn. You know where to go. That's what it means. That's what it means. Zaykev Kefuv strengthens uh, those who are bent. That we know we have a responsibility, but we don't get overburdened by the responsibility because we know there's a rabbi neshvalem you're in, you're in charge I all the problems that are going on in the community and all the issues all right I'm part of a greater uh, a greater whole I'll do what I can and anything that I can't do I'm not getting I'm not getting uh, overwhelmed by it because because there's uh, there's Claudia uh, Sol that's that's working with me as well. so when we say Za Gefufim, we're accepting our personal responsibility, to make a kiddush Hashem, and to take the responsibilities of Yiddishkeit. without the overburdening of it, we're going to do our part, but we're not getting overburdened. That's the, that's the uh kafufim. Let's do one more bracha here, um, and that is Baruch Hashem Malach Al Hamayim Hashem Who spreads the earth, uh, Who spreads the earth upon the water. Now. The the Torah tells us first there was water and then the earth uh, came to it and this is a fascinating idea and something that when I was able to take my kids to the Atlantic Ocean a couple of years ago I asked them I said just look out at the ocean it's huge it's powerful and you, you see that, like why is it stopping right here what, what why is there a beach right here? The waves come and then they're they're back. The Gemara tells us every wave that comes goes back because God says, Ad Khan, that's it. You ain't going no further. That That's why. Otherwise, there's so much water in the world. We should be totally overpowered. But when Hashem made six days of creation, there was water and then He revealed the earth and that's it. The ocean's going to be there now. And that's it. Yeah. Now, if things mess up so to speak mess up meaning because of the actions of people hashem not times will allow a flooding and all uh, the, the things but th- the earth should technically be full of water we find this idea by kriyas Yamsuf. by kriyas Yamsuf, there's a, there's a contradiction in the in the verses and we'll pick up with this bracha next week it's uh, you know we'll, we'll pick up here i sort of want to share this idea in in by kriyas Yamsuf, it says that what one verse says that Kla Yisrael went Bisochayam by Abosha. They went into the sea on dry land. And then um, a different verse says they went by a on dry land, Bisayum, the middle of the ocean. Oh. Middle of the water. So first it says they went in middle of the water on dry land, and then it says they went on dry land, in the middle of the water. And this is in their Shira, this is when they're singing, when they're singing praise. So what changed? So I forget which which commentary on Chumash says it's such a beautiful idea. He said when Klaizol started going into the Yamsuf, they were like in wonder, like we're in the middle of water on dry land. This is beyond. What a miracle. And as they went through the Yamsuf and they built up on their Amuna they came out on the other side and they said, you know something? We are always beso right here. We're sitting here. We're not in a flood zone. It might be heavy rains, right? But we're not, not, not in a flood zone. So we're not feeling Syamsif, but you know something? There's so much water in the world that technically everything should be flooded. But Hashem doesn't let it. Hashem says, you go back. You're not going to come over here. It's not going to happen. But we have this miracle of kriyas every moment of our lives. That that's how we're able to be sitting here and learning together. Yeah. And why? Because Hashem told the ocean, "You're going to. The Atlantic's going to be there. The Pacific's going to be there. The Gulf of Mexico's there. Right. And, and everything's everything's going to going remain in place. So we say Baruch Atah Hashem Kevod Le'orai You you're spreading the earth upon the waters. The waters are 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 so. Um, so so large, so vast, so powerful that we're constantly relying on the Chesed of Hashem. We're kind of no- noticing, like the Kriyas Yamsov in our uh, in our um, in our uh, daily lives. Okay, but there's more to speak about this bracha, but we'll hold it there for tonight. We'll take some questions. Yeah.